Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Rotten Horror Picture Show, the horror movie podcast where we talk about films off of the Rotten Tomatoes 200 Greatest Horror Movies of All Time list. My name is Clay, and with me as always is Amanda. Amanda, how are you doing? I'm good, and I would just like to say you've gotten very good at that intro. Yeah, it only took me 41 episodes, <laughs> but I've got it down pat now. We're there. We did it. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was trying to think of whether or not I should start this show by uh, singing my own rendition of Blue Moon. <laughs> oh, you but, should uh, have. No, I don't want to get a copyright notice. Oh, so. okay, okay. Fair, fair, fair. Um, with that in mind, <laughs> what are we covering today? We're doing number 131, which is an American werewolf in London from 1981. Um, it has a 88% score on the Rotten Tomato meter. Uh, had you seen this one before? I had long ago when I was much too young to be watching See You Next Wednesday. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, excellent. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about that joke because <laughs> it's a, it's, well, I guess we can talk about it now. It's a, it's yeah. a long running joke in John Landis movies. Yes. Where he's always got, that phrase always comes up in some fashion in a bunch of his movies. It shows up in the thriller video. uh, It's definitely one of those ones where you can tell that he probably giggles every time he hears it. Oh, definitely. It's just, it's it's for him. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say the payoff in this of what See You Next Wednesday ends Mm -hmm. is very much worth it. Yes. It is a hilarious porno movie. (laughs) Um, And it's, John Landis comes from a, 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 a comedy tradition. He's did, uh, uh, did he direct Animal House? Yes. I think he directed Animal House. Uh, he did the Blues Brothers. Yeah. Isn't he like a National Lampoon yeah, person yeah, too? Yeah. yeah. And I believe he was also involved in Kentucky Fried Movie, which is done by oh. the guys who did um, Airplane. Oh, okay. And that porno, <laughs> See You Next Wednesday, is very, very much in the style of what Kentucky Fried Movie is. Got it. It's like, if I remember correctly, Kentucky Fried Movie is kind of like... It's a bunch of parodies that are set up kind of like your surfing channels or something. I can't, it's been a very, very long time. Since no, I've interdimensional seen it. cable. Yeah, basically, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, it also shows up in Thriller as what is uh, scrawl in the victim's blood after after it, the, in the movie that uh, uh, Michael Jackson and his date are watching. Um, <laughs> God, Thriller, man, I, this whole thing, by the way, has just made me want to watch Thriller. Well, I think we might at some yeah. point because I was I was trying to think about what to do for Halloween. Halloween's going to be here sooner. Than you think. I know. Which I'm both excited about and bummed out about because the years go by too fast. But yeah, um, it might be fun to do Thriller. It's not on the list. I would. I honestly, I'd waste a wild cut one of my wild cards if we covered Thriller. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> or we, we could do talk like about... a Halloween special. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Like you know. Yeah, we can get an hour talking about Thriller probably. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, this one I had I had teased this I think in a previous episode where I have generally have like a three chances rule with movies that are considered classics that don't really land with me and if it doesn't stick with me after the third one then i kind of make peace with the fact that i i don't particularly care for it um so mm. did this one stick the landing uh i'm gonna save that till till we uh till we get to the end all right discussion suspense uh but yeah we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna play the trailer for you and we'll be back to talk about american werewolf in london This is the story of two young American students traveling through England on a night of the full moon. Did you hear that? I heard that. What was it? 
can be a lot of things. Fate let one live. A lunatic must have been a very fierce fellow. Wasn't a lunatic. What? A wolf. Oh, be serious, would you? And now everything is changing. 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 John Landis, the brilliant young director of Animal House and the Blues Brothers, has turned a classic tale of terror into something new. Something different. Excuse me. A naked American man stole my balloon. I'm a werewolf. An American werewolf in London. Something different. Okay, an American werewolf in London from 1981, written by, oops, sorry, written and directed by John Landis, starring David Naughton from TV's Making It, Jenny Agutter, Griffin Dunn, and every song with the word moon in it that their budget could handle. <laughs> Amanda, what happens in, a, in an American werewolf in London? Two American college students on a walking tour of Britain are attacked by a werewolf that none of the locals will admit exists. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> it's my it, it might be my favorite summary I've ever found for any of these any wow, of these movies. That's I don't know what to say to that actually because like it's not wrong. <laughs> it's not wrong, and there and it's not even leaving that much out. Yeah, like it's left out a little bit. Yeah, but it also like <laughs> it also sounds like a very different movie. Yes. Yes, it sounds like it takes place entirely in the village. Right. And like yeah. they're staying there and they're just like, guys, there was there was a monster and everyone's like, hmm, I don't know what you're talking about. More tea. Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I guess at the same time though, like how much more do you get into that? Right, without giving shit away. Yeah. I don't know. Well, anyway. Anyway. Um How about some things you'll find? Yes. What will we find in this in this movie? Uh some things you will find in this movie include a nurse who misunderstood the Hippocratic Oath. You know, she clearly has some relationship issues. She, yes. Uh, yes. She, she's very upfront about her sexual history, which is you know, seven partners, seven partners, three of whom were uh, one night stands or four. I can't remember. I can't remember. Well, whatever. Um, <laughs> and but she's uh, she's so she's the fact that she's that open seems like she's. Not exactly meeting people regularly, I think. So she's just grabbing yeah. them when she can get them. Yeah, just snatching them right out of the ER. And if that happens to be someone who is, might maybe not have a visa anymore that she can like oh. shove in her house and just kind of keep them there for a while, it's going to work too. Cool. Uh, Frank Oz as a person. Oh, it's nice to see. I, I That scene where he shows up to talk to... Um, <laughs> shit i don't even remember what the character's name <laughs> david. is. david david it is david yeah okay i was gonna say david but that's the actor's name yeah. i wasn't sure david is missing where's david when he comes in to talk to david all i could all i could think of is imagine 
being in a coma for three weeks and waking up and the first thing you hear is Fozzie Bear. Yeah. Like talking, <laughs> not like on the TV, like talking to you about your medical history. Yes. And it's especially funny because he's talking like he's never spoken to another human before. <laughs> yes. He's they, like, the doctor's like, you know, this is the man from the embassy. And he's like, hi. <laughs> I was like, what? who's, no. Uh, you'll also find in this movie, Frank Oz as a puppet. Mm, uh, excuse me. A Muppet. Okay. All right. Okay. Which is halfway between a Muppet, I mean a, a mop, and halfway between a puppet, but a man. <laughs> that's Homer Simpson's definition of what a Muppet is. I get it. That, I was uh, like, this is from somewhere, and I'm not I'm not mm-hmm. processing. That, uh, that, that Muppet Show clip that they play, actually, I guess, is from an episode. The, clip, the, the exact clip, clip that they play never played in the United States. Oh. Uh, it For whatever reason, it was cut out of the United States version. <laughs> the, the Punch and Judy. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, when the movie came out, American audiences, I, I guess the crossover between werewolf movie fans and hardcore Muppet fans, um, <laughs> thought that they had made the episodes specifically for the movie. Oh. But that's not the case. It's from an episode that only aired in the UK. Got it. Got it. Uh, <laughs> you'll also find a friendship that never dies. Yes. Well, it's also a friendship <laughs> that tries to get you to kill yourself. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you take what you can get yeah. in terms of friends. Yeah. Uh, you're stuck with me. <laughs> and of course, deeply questionable parenting in this Yeah, one. might not be obvious where this comes in. I think I think if you pay any attention whatsoever, it becomes obvious yeah. <laughs> pretty quickly. Yeah. Like, where is this young man's parents? Right. They he <laughs> learns he learns from the ghost of his dead friend that uh his parents went to the dead friend's funeral. Yes. But as far as we know, they have made no attempt to come see him in England after being attacked by a uh Right. A, wh- how do they refer to the, how, the A the, uh, an escaped lunatic. An escaped lunatic. Yes. yes. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and the doctor says, "Oh, we contacted your friend's parents." Uh, and we contacted your parents. Mm-hmm. However, it has also been three weeks right. since the attack. And I'm sorry, but even in the year 1981, you probably could have found a flight to London in three yeah. weeks. Yeah, especially if your son is... Potentially, potentially never going to wake yeah. up from his coma? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> so, American Werewolf in London. Um, this is a is a really interesting movie because it's a it's a werewolf movie from 1981, mm-hmm. which something must have been in the air at the time because in 1981 we had American Werewolf in London, The Howling, mm-hmm. Wolfen, oh, and also uh, is it Full Moon High? Is that what it's called? Yes, Full Moon High, huh. which were all werewolf movies. It, there really hadn't been a ton of werewolf movies. Yeah, you kind of just named all of the ones I would think of in between, like, the classic era right, Wolfman yeah, and yeah. then the more modern, like, mid to late 90s on stuff. Yeah, the only one, actually, interestingly enough, they mention in this movie, off the top of my head that I could think of is uh, uh, the one with Oliver Reed, as they mentioned, oh, when uh, yeah. David asks uh, the, ner- what the nurse's name. Alex. I'm so bad with these names. Alex. <laughs> I know the actors, but I don't know the names. See, and I'm the opposite. I have no idea the names of any of the actual people, <laughs> but I'll remember all of the side characters' names for you. Yes. Um, that's Curse of the Werewolf. It's a Hammer movie. It's pretty fun. Um, and there's another one. There's actually there's another werewolf movie with Peter Cushing 
from oh. like the mid seventies. It's it's not a Hammer movie. It's I think it's an Amicus movie, which was kind of like the the parallel running company that did mm-hmm. very similar things to Hammer. That um, the whole thing is set up as a murder mystery, <gasps> and you have to guess who the werewolf is. What? And it actually has this uh, narration break <laughs> at the beginning. Okay. Where it tells you to keep watch closely, try to figure out who the werewolf is. And then about three quarters of the way through the movie, it pauses and it says, a voice comes over and says, did you figure out who the werewolf <gasps> was? And then it runs through all of the characters. And oh it's like, my God. The, 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 uh, the heiress to the fortune who disappeared halfway through the night and reappeared, you know, that kind of thing. And then there's a, there's a clock ticking thing. And then when it ticks down, the movie starts again and you find out who the werewolf is. I have to watch this movie. I think you can watch it like in fast forward because it's not a great movie. I, I don't care. The gimmick <laughs> the gimmick has got me. It, it's like halfway between um, <laughs> the movie Clue mm-hmm. and one of those um, like mid-90s VHS tape board games. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's very, yeah. The, yeah. The VHS tape board, that would be a fun Patreon thing if we could find a VCR. <laughs> And do one of those. In VHS tapes. I'm sorry. I'm digressing. Yes. American Werewolf in London. How do you feel about <laughs> werewolf movies in general? Um You know, I'm I'm not I'm not a huge connoisseur of mm. them. But the ones I've seen I tend to like. Like sure. I, I, I tend to enjoy a lot of the classic sort of you know, vampires and werewolves and witches and shit. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I always, there's always, like, room in my heart for one of those, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, I think Ginger Snaps is probably, like, the werewolf movie for me. Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, beyond that, I've, you know, like, I've seen some of the old school black and white, like, classic era mm-hmm. Wolfman movies. But they've never been... Well, they've never been a focus for me. I do I do generally enjoy them and the tropes that go along with them. Mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I've always been a, I've I've always loved werewolf movies. Um I think they probably made a a comeback in the 80s because the 80s was the renaissance of uh creature effects yeah. and the big centerpiece to any werewolf movie, this one very much included. Yes. Uh arguably what this movie's most memorable for. Mm-hmm. is the werewolf transformation sequence. And what was so groundbreaking about this one is so much of it happens in camera. Yeah. In, like, it's a very, very well-lit room. Yep. And so you're seeing everything happen. They actually, uh, Rick Baker, who did the special effects for this and is sort of the uh, patron saint of monster movie makeup at this point, um, won the Acad- the very first Academy Award for special makeup effects. Oh, wow. In 1981, which it seems like one of those things where it's like they made it specifically to give it to him. Right. Which, <laughs> right, right. You know, like, like we, we owe this guy something. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, this movie's tough for me because, as I was saying, John Landis, he's primarily known as like a, co- a comedy director. Oh, The Three yes. Amigos. Love The Three yep. Amigos. Um. And and there's a lot of comedy in this, and it's really it's also really gory. Yes, I don't particularly find it scary, but it's very right. like tongue in cheek. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I I kind of I really want to love this movie. Yeah, but I find so much of it so boring. <laughs> 
Like I, I the opening scene when they go to the pub is great. I yep. mean, the the introduction of the characters I think is great when yes. they when they show up on the the sheep truck. Yep. And then then they go to the slaughtered lamb. Yes. You could argue whether or not that's too heavy handed. A back to back of that, I think it works. I think it works. Um, you get a little bit of nice classic uh, vi- villager uh, esoteric lore uh-huh. with the uh, pentagram or pen- pentangle. Is that what he calls it? A pentangle. I think he calls it a pentangle. Pentangle uh, on the wall with, with the, the candles, candles and stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, it basically just looks like my living room. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, what I do appreciate, what I do really appreciate about that scene is, and also about the rest of this movie as well is John Landis has seen enough of these movies that he knows like where the humor lies in them. Yes, without making fun of them. Yes, yeah, yeah. It never feels like the the tropes or the stereotypes of these sorts of movies themselves are being like lambasted in any way right. it's 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 like a loving pastiche yeah do you know what i mean like it's 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 of some it's it's clearly made by somebody who's watched a lot of these movies and has enjoyed a lot of these movies but can also see the absurdity in them as yeah. well i think yeah like in the in the scene in the pub um i i think the funniest thing about that scene is is when he <laughs> Uh, when David goads Jack into asking what the pentangle is, yes, because there's something about I, I, I love the, I love it when it happens in Jaws too. There, there's something about someone awkwardly asking the wrong question to that kills yeah. the mood of a room. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like everybody's been there where everybody's kind of laughing, <laughs> chuckling, and then you ask a question to say something, and then everybody goes silent. Yes, um, and that works really well in this where it's it's. Uh, the guy's telling a joke. They're just kind of like lightening up to these guys. And then Jack asks the wrong question. Right. Which, uh, which totally changes the mood. Yeah. Yeah. And, and especially with like the sort of cast of characters you have in there where mm-hmm. they're all such like, like all of those guys look like they'd be cast as like the one creepy guy yep. in the pub or like the harbinger in another scary movie, mm-hmm. except mm-hmm. this movie cast all of them. Yes. <laughs> Them yes. in a pub together. Yes. It's where all the harbingers hang out. <laughs> exactly, it kind of is, which is I think why I love it. Yeah, I love me a good harbinger. Yeah, that scene's that scene's really good. Um, I think the werewolf attack scene on the moors is pretty good. It is. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's definitely like a obviously a low budget yeah. kind of thing. It's just them walking back and forth across a dark field, but <laughs> but I do think it has that that balance of like they're being funny at, they're kind of bantering with each other which is like funny for the audience but they're also clearly doing that thing that you do when you're like nervous but you don't want your friends to know that sure, you're that sure. nervous so you're just kind of like talking shit and making fun of it yeah so it, it felt yeah it worked for me and the the one the one moment that's that's in the attack scene that uh i i actually i really like because it's a really interesting choice is when after Jack gets attacked, David runs away. Yeah, which is not something generally you would expect your main character to do. Right, right. It's not like the mark of your like big brave protagonist. Yeah, that, and like, it's it's not like it's not like they're he thinks they're both running. He sees him get jumped. Yeah, and he runs in the other direction. Well, he they're so they're they're kind of trying to escape the area because they know something's out there. Right, right. And David's the one to trip and fall. 
Yes. And then yeah. Jack doesn't just book it and leave him. Jack stops and helps him up. Mm-hmm. And that's when Jack gets attacked. And even though his friend just stopped to help him, David, yeah, just takes off in the other direction. And yeah. then like his conscience catches up with him and he comes back. So do you think everything that happens in this movie is a metaphor over how guilty David feels about the fact that his friend died? Because I don't. I think if you want the West Tisdale <laughs> interpretation of this movie, that that sounds like a good meta overarching like thematic meaning to this movie. But I don't think that that's what the movie's going for. Yeah, I don't think that either because uh, he gets over the death of his friend pretty quick. Well, I mean, if he meets and falls in love with this beautiful British nurse and like. I guess that'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, he. he yeah. David's an interesting character. Yeah. Yeah, it's I I really like up through the uh the attack. Then I feel like I th- I feel like everything just really really slows down. You've got the stuff in the in the yeah. hospital is pretty slow. Um the Jack stuff not notwithstanding. Um, dead dead Jack. Oh, he's the best part of the movie. The yeah. Best part of this movie. Yeah. He's so good. Like obviously the the special effects makeup on him looks amazing and i think he i think the actor does a good job with it where he's that like line between like very serious but also like very funny yeah yeah um but it's a lot of it's a lot of david just like <laughs> hanging around yeah he's hanging around in the hospital then when he goes home with the nurse there's literally a scene where he just is bored for like 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, there's like a montage of him wandering through her apartment. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I don't know what it is, but like that, like the set the set pieces and like the high points in this movie, I think are really good. Yeah. I, it's just that middle piece that, that bums me out. And also, I just don't really like David as a character that much. Yeah, it's it's tough because... I think in a lot of ways we're maybe supposed to attribute some of David's erratic behavior to his werewolfism. Okay. I'm not sure. That's kind of like, I was, I was trying to figure out how I felt about it because like, I really enjoy this movie. I Mm. also don't like David, (laughs) (laughs) which is, I think part of what makes this movie work for me in that, like, you know, he's going to die in the end. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm a little bit like, eh, okay (laughs) yeah yeah it's 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 just the stuff that i like i feel like is so interesting like yeah i the my favorite part of the movie is the last like third or the last act when basically everything from the porno theater scene on right i really really like because you've got that scene in and of itself is great when when david is uh being confronted with all the people that he's killed in f- while while they're sitting in the theater of watching see you next wednesday yes yes um and then after that you've got a great uh he turns back into a werewolf and you get a great john landis blues brothers type car wreck scene which is awesome yep. really yep. really good there's one stunt in there where i don't know how i was gonna say i don't know how the actor didn't get killed but that's not a it's, that did happen in another one in Landis's movie, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bring that up. But it's it's Step like away. it's when the, the the car there's like a police officer and the car like does like a sideways slide. Oh yeah, into him. Yeah, I don't know how that guy didn't get crushed. 
because you're not they're not faking this stuff like those yeah. are those are real real car and i love i love car violence in movies <laughs> i absolutely love it i don't know why but you take a bunch of cars and you smash them together and blow them up i'm happy we got to go to like a monster truck rally yeah question mark yeah <laughs> that's for another conversation yeah no but i i i know what you're saying with like the middle portion of this movie and it's tough because like on the one hand I appreciate that they have David wake up and they're like, you've been in a coma for three weeks. <laughs> yes. So we just skip the whole like waiting for the next full moon kind of right. kind yeah. of filler yeah. that like a lot of these movies, I think, tend to fall into the trap of. Mm-hmm. But we avoid that and then have no like second act dramatic tension. Yes. I think that's my big problem. Yeah. Because you know at, at minimum... During the day, he's just going to be a guy. Yeah. And the one person he knew in this whole country was Jack, who is dead. Mm-hmm. So there's no, like... Like, I honestly wonder if it wouldn't have been better if, like, you know, his mom did fly in from the from the sure, U.S. And was sure. like, David, why are you acting this way? And you know what I mean? There's some kind of, like, silly, silly bits with the mom and, like, mm-hmm. putting his behavior into some kind of context because my question is is david this kind of erratic weirdo normally Mm. or does alex the nurse just kind of roll with it because she's only met him three days ago when he woke up from his coma yeah like she doesn't know what he's like yeah like when he's with jack he actually seems like (laughs) If I'm remembering correctly, he and Jack are kind of hard to distinguish. Yeah, they're very similar. Uh, until yes. Jack dies. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jack seemed like the one who was a little more like mischievous, like a yeah. little more of a troublemaker. Yeah. And David seemed like the, the good the good kid, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know. There's There's some questions for me there where like, would it have been better to have him in an environment with more people around him who actually knew him and knew how he should be acting mm. and could like, play off of that i don't know if that would help though yeah the thing i i was as we were watching it i i think i figured out the change that i would make mm. and it and it's it it's because make alex the werewolf actually i think that <laughs> happens in american uh, werewolf in paris oh, probably yeah. <laughs> um i i really don't care for uh let's figure out what's going on subplots because, Got it. Which is what the doctor goes on. <clears throat> and they send the doctor on this uh, back to the village to try and get answers. And it feels weird because there's no, it doesn't, you don't really get the sense that the doctor should give a shit about any of this. And yeah. And I was thinking the whole time, I was like, why isn't David doing this? Why is, because he's, his, because the village doesn't have a theater showing See You Next Wednesday yeah, for us to end in. But it's, 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 I mean, is that, I don't know if that's supposed to be part of the, the humor of the thing. Is it's like, well, he's with a hot chick now, so he doesn't really care about werewolf stuff anymore until he turns into a werewolf. But it's like, <laughs> uh, it feels like once he starts seeing visions of his dead friend who's telling him he's a werewolf and he's going to kill, he has to kill himself. It feels like he should be the one trying to figure out what's going on and not this tertiary character who doesn't really have a lot to do. Yeah. Or at least after the, the, after the first werewolf night where he wakes up in the London zoo in the, yeah. in the wolf pen and, uh, steals a little boy's bunch of balloons. Yes. yes. Who, by the way, 
that little boy manages to be creepier than a naked adult man hiding in bushes beckoning him over. That kid is still <laughs> creepier to me by far. Yes. He yeah. was so scary. Scariest thing in that movie is that little boy with the balloons. Yeah. I swear. Little, little boys who aren't really actors can be very creepy. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he terrified me. Yeah. But yeah, may- maybe after that first night, if he had woken up and been like, oh my God, something is really wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm, Maybe I'm not just having guilt hallucinations of my dead friend. Maybe this really is a thing. I'm going to take Alex, the nurse, and go back. Yeah. It's just, it feels so strange that, like, it, the movie itself almost feels, almost feels like it's very aware of the fact that it's just killing time until he turns into the werewolf. So that's why he's, like, just hanging around in the apartment. Right. Having the most awkward sex scene known to man with his new girlfriend. Well, you know, I I don't know if you knew this, but in England, (laughs) when you get... That's how you you make love? When you're in the shower, you can get so horny, your arms turn into, like, marionette arms, (laughs) and you forget how to use them. You can't bend at the elbow. You just, at the shoulder, go up and down. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah, (laughs) and it's, like, it just feels like it's killing time to get to the point where he turns into the werewolf. And like there's, there is, oh, I just had a good idea. What's that? That one of the guys from the village should have come to London to try to stop him. Oh yeah, that works too. Right? Just have like a Van Helsing style dude who's like from the country, like kind of doing the bumbling country bumpkin thing through London, but also trying to chase down David who's like, this crazy man from the country is trying to kill me. They take very little responsibility for the horror they let loose on London by by letting him. Honestly, I don't know why they didn't just kill him. That's what I'm saying. Like maybe it was like, oh, oh shit, we didn't expect anybody to come take him to London. We thought he was going to die. Yeah. So, yeah, have have the chess playing guy show up with like an old timey shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. A, yes, exactly. Or the dart guy. The oh, dart the guy. Dart guy. You can just yeah, throw perfect. darts at him until he dies. Um, but yeah, it, it like uh, it, it. I on the one hand, I do kind of like the idea that he's at this point kind of completely forgotten about the werewolf thing. No, so, yeah, because I mean, he doesn't really have a reason to. Like it was it. These movies are always weird because they have to light these scenes in the dark Mm -hmm. so that we can see them. But if you're wandering out in the moors at night, he probably could have been convinced like, look, it was really dark. Um, You watched your friend get killed. You yourself sustained these injuries and then you were in a coma and who knows what that did to your brain. Mm -hmm. Your brain might just be making up these images of a terrifying wolf because you're traumatized. Yeah. And everybody seems to be kind of saying that to him for the first half to two thirds of the movie, yeah. So, like, I could, I can kind of buy him being talked out of the werewolf or the wolf story by the cops and the doctor mm-hmm. and even Alex being like, "That's impossible," and him being like, "Oh, okay, I, I guess it is me. I guess I'm just going crazy." Yeah, might as well roll with it. Yeah, I guess in that case, you, I guess you need somebody to do research. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's where I guess I I just don't know if it totally works. I like I like the idea, but it for me it does just feel like. There's kind of dead air waiting for the for the the transformation to happen, and it, I yeah it, they fill that dead air. They try to fill that dead air with some interesting things, including a very strange dream of oh yeah David back at his house with his family um, until they get disturbed by a knock at the door 
where three or four werewolves in Nazi uniforms come in. Yeah. And just start shooting up the place and lighting on fire and killing his whole family. And I, I very clearly remember the first time I watched this movie going, what the hell? Yeah. Was, what was that? Yeah. Why is that in this movie? Yeah. What is the point of any of this that was very, very strange? I still can't really answer any of those questions. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I had sort of forgotten how extreme that 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 dream is and mm-hmm. that scene is and how suddenly it just kind of happens. Um, so it took me off guard this time, and then I was like, "Does he just have these visions of like Nazi werewolf men the whole time? Like, did I forget this whole subplot that the werewolves are somehow also Nazis? Like, what is happening? No, no, it's just dropped after that. There's yeah. like one crazy dream of that, and then he has other crazy dreams, but." Yeah, my read of it this time was that the dreams that he's having are getting progressively more violent. And sure. this one in particular I read as the subconscious his subconscious telling him that this werewolf thing was going to destroy his life. And he is supposed to be maybe I'm reading too much into it at this point, but he he his family, he and his family are a Jewish family. And having these werewolves show up in Nazi uniforms and just completely destroy them. Like I, I, it's, it's more, it's like more of an honest dream than a lot of movies. I think where it's like, it's a bunch of different imagery kind of jammed together in a way that sure kind of makes sense, but doesn't make any literal sense. Yeah. Especially if you take into account that this movie was made in, you know, the late seventies, early Mm eighties where, you're a lot closer to World War Two. Like his his yeah, yeah. his parents, grandparents, whoever could have been. Sure. You know. All right. I mean, it's. I think. I think it's a long way to go for. <laughs> Proverbial ham sandwich. Yeah, which is one of the weird things like about this movie is that. One like, of many weird. I this mean, is a very weird. Well, movie. Yeah, this yeah. is a bizarre movie. Um, but I maybe maybe I should say instead one of the difficult things about this movie. Mm-hmm is that it's so uneven like the pacing is uneven the tone is uneven the amount of thought you have to give to any given like gag or bit or scary part is also very uneven like there's some of there's some of these things where it's like yeah if you if you if you look more closely at it you can come up with an explanation that has some logic behind it Mm -hmm. for some of these things but then for other things you're just like Okay, like, I I just, it's weird to me that you'd have to dig so far to find a way to make that dream make sense in a movie that's very, like, ah, look at the werewolf, ah, look at this. Like, it's very heavy-handed in so many ways. Yeah, it's... And then sometimes it tries really hard to be subtle, and it's just like, so which is it? Heavy-handed, you mean, like, the music choices? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I do. (laughs) Like, honestly, I remember the first time I saw it, that turned me off, too. I was like, right off the bat, we're doing, like, guys, it's a werewolf movie. (laughs) Let's sing Blue Moon for the third time. Every song that we can find about moons is going to be in it, because don't forget, you're watching a werewolf movie. It's like, okay. you know. To be fair, at that time, I remember the first time that I watched this, I I was like in a, I think I I was in kind of a werewolf movie kind of kick okay where i was like man werewolves don't get the respect they never make werewolf movies anymore (laughs) 
make got they don't got to make a good werewolf movie and they watched this one which is supposed to be the best one and it was like a joke and I was like man why don't they take these guys seriously <laughs> um so that might I think that might have bugged me but it's like Fair. I think I think it's the 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 tone issue yeah is so fascinating because it's it is so grounded when it's just like a normal no supernatural stuff is happening. Yeah. But it does swing so far the other way into weirdness. Where like like yes. in a lot of movies that werewolf Nazi sequence wouldn't stand out to me because it's well, I mean, I guess it would stand out to me because it's kind of hard not to, but like it doesn't right. it wouldn't feel kind of not of a piece of the rest of the the movie. Right, yeah. And like the stuff with Jack and all of the other ghosts and stuff feels kind of it doesn't i guess it's not really out of place but it's like it, it like you were saying the, the tone is just it just kind of swings all over the place for me yeah and i i think i think the tone swings and and it's also tough where i think people could miss a lot of the humor sure in this like i think if you don't know going in what kind of, like like if you didn't if you'd never heard of this movie before mm-hmm. and it was on tv and you sat down to watch it you'd be like oh scary werewolf movie from the 80s at first right and it's not until a little further in that it starts getting kind of silly but it's a very like british sense of humor in a lot of yeah it's it is it's a very british movie which is surprising yeah Yeah, which is which is weird given i mean it makes sense because it's in london right but it's weird given like who made it and right right and all of that so like I can definitely see somebody watching this movie and and getting getting some of the jokes but not all of them. And if you're only getting some of them, I could imagine it being like wait, was that supposed to be funny? Like why are mm-hmm. we having a joke now? Yeah, like the I I think this I think the see you next Wednesday stuff is probably very high on that list. Yeah. Because there's you're having this scene where he's going in to 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 talk to the rotting corpse of his dead friend and be confronted by the people that he's killed. Yes. And the movie that they're showing in this porno theater is this really like self-aware porno yes. where the first scene is a, a guy and a girl are getting into it and then a guy, another guy storms in and yeah, he's like, like you, you big can't burly dude and comes he's like in. you can't do that with with her and the woman goes you talking to me and she's like Oh no, I'm sorry. And then the the other guy goes, "Oh, you talking to me?" And he goes, "No, I, I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong room." And then, yeah. he, then he leaves, which is really funny. <laughs> well, they say so they say something like the, the 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 guy who's having sex with a woman is like, "I didn't promise you anything," and he's like, "I wasn't talking to you." And then mm-hmm. the, the girl's oh, like, yes, yes, yes. "I've never seen you before in my life," and he goes, "Wait, oh, yeah, yeah." <laughs> and then the next the next one is the next scene is like the uh, the phone rings. Yeah, they're they're yeah. kind of getting into it, and the phone rings, and it's yeah. like a wrong number. Or yeah, something. Oh, nobody like, oh, by that name yeah, here. No problem. Which is really funny, but <laughs> yes. it's like the the juxtaposition is strange, and it's not. I I don't dislike the juxtaposition because I do. It does right. amplify how how friggin' weird that scene is. Yeah, like, I actually I think I think that that sequence because it's intercut with David talking to Jack and the other ghosts of the the people he has now killed as a werewolf and they're all kind of weird too right. and they're all making jokes yeah. kind of or like maybe not making jokes but they are there's humor to that 
inter- they, in in exchange with them. They reminded me a bit of the ghosts from The Shining. They have yes. that same kind of like cheeky. Yeah, it's like oh, <laughs> wonderful party, is it not? Yeah, kind of yeah, thing. yeah. Where there's like the 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 guy and the girl who were who he killed going to a party, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh. Or yeah. you can get a gun yes. and you can shoot yourself. It would be so easy. And they're mm-hmm. like kind of gleeful about it. Right, right. Um, but yeah, there's there's other things that are like played. I'm trying, I can't think of a good example. But there are things in like the middle section that I think are also played for laughs. Mm-hmm. That if you're like l- like paying a little less attention, you don't quite get. Or you maybe, you maybe not you wouldn't get, but you'd miss really easily. Mm. Because it is kind of like, okay, well, all right, moving on. Come on. It's like the time you go get your snack or you check your phone or you hit right. the bathroom. Right. Um, like when, when the when the uh when the cops show up in the doctor's office. Right, okay. And um the key the do- the cops come in and there's like the older detective who's clearly in charge and his younger partner. Um and he the, the doctor system oh can i get you anything to drink would you like some tea and the younger yes. partner is like oh yes i'd love some and then the older partner is like just sits down and like does like a motion or something he's like oh maybe later yeah you know it's it's like yeah. kind of silly stuff like that that these little throwaway moments yeah he's he's taking some of these like tropes and doing the thing they never yeah. do which is when somebody offers you tea you say oh yeah i'd actually love some tea yeah that never it never happens it's always oh no no no, no time no, for that. no time yeah which is i think that's that's funny too but again those are two characters who are just sort of there you know how my fit my feeling about detective characters i don't <laughs> particularly care for them, but yeah but you, i do like you, those guys you, you those, never love a, a cop subplot those guys were british cops in the tradition of like um abominable dr fives where the, they are ex- that is exactly yeah. the comparison i was gonna make scotland like, yard getting taken for a ride yeah, in this movie all over this list yeah um yeah it's it is it is it's tough though because if you're not if you if you haven't sort of just given yourself over to the premise and mm. like let like just been like all right horror movie british comedy werewolves go yeah like if you're not sort of into and like if you're not into any part of that like let me rephrase that <laughs> if there is any part of that that you are not into mm-hmm. this movie will not work for you right sure so like if you're not into the kind of humor it's giving even if you like the werewolf stuff it's just not going to work for you. Mm-hmm. And if you're not into the werewolf stuff, the humor is not going to be enough to carry it for you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it needs to hit the sweet spot in both realms mm-hmm. for, for whoever's watching it. And that's hard. That's, Oh yeah. That's like yeah, it's nearly difficult. impossible. Yeah. The, um, the, uh, the modern horror comedy as, as we kind of know it was more or less born in the, in the early eighties with yeah. movies like this. And, uh, Evil Dead and uh, Evil Dead. Well, Evil Dead Two comes out later, but um, it is it is a very specific tone that can be difficult to Dead Alive. Dead Alive was I think nineteen ninety. Oh wow, that's late. Yeah. Okay. Later. All right. Um, so in werewolf movies, I, I feel like there's generally two types of werewolf movies. Okay. There's the there's and it comes down to the transformation. There's basically two types of transformation. There's the movie where it's all building to a single transformation or the movie where they transform a couple of times. Okay. Um, and I, I always find it interesting because they, they, they kind of have very different approaches because I, I like the, I like the one where it's, they tra- they only transform once yeah. because it makes the, 
werewolf aspect of it be a much more like looming uh ticking time bomb thing uh, yeah i was gonna say and in, in that kind of movie they're usually more motivated by finding some sort of cure or preventative yeah like that's driving the plot a lot like yeah. we like have to figure out how to stop this we have to figure out what we're gonna do mm-hmm. yeah yeah like ginger snaps comes to mind right. obviously as as one of those um and i actually in my memory i thought this was one of those because i forgot that there's a sequence there's that he changes twice yeah. i thought it was big lead up to the transformation and then from that point on it's over but i but at the same time i remembered the porno se- theater scene and so yeah. i was like how the hell do they do that because i know <gasps> he talks to him so it didn't it i forgot that he actually transfer transforms more than once um well you can be you can be forgiven for for that because not a whole hell of a lot happens after the day after he transforms for the first time he gets right, he, right. there's like some gags of him getting home he gets home he's all like horny and whatever with alex who's like we gotta go back to the hospital like mm-hmm. where have you what's going on and then he has his freak out and then he's in the theater right it's a quick day yeah it is it's a very <laughs> quick day uh and it's not over until he calls his house Right. To tell his, his sister, <laughs> to tell the family that he loves them. I love which, that. She like doesn't believe. Yeah, I don't know what it says again. I don't know what it says about David that uh, when he says he loves his sister, she's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you liar. What's, what did you do? Yeah. <laughs> um, but the uh, the transformation sequence, what did you what do you, what did you think of the transformation sequence? I mean, it's, it's so cool. Yeah. It's so well done. Like, I, I, I just... It's it's still very 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 impressive. It's yeah. forty years ago yeah, yeah. that this movie came out, yeah. and like, it just still looks fantastic. It, like, the whole time I was watching it, I was just like, any werewolf movie. I'm sure there have been werewolf movies in the last twenty years. Like, I'm I'm positive there's been yes. I'm, I I low budget, you know, not a huge blockbuster, but I'm sure. I mean, even just those stupid Twilight movies, they have werewolves. Sure. In them. Well, there's been like five underworld movies, which there always surprises go. me because I don't know who's watching them, but they keep making them. I yeah, people people love those movies. Um, this movie called Dog Soldiers that a lot of people mentioned to okay. me as one to watch. Yeah, I, I have I have heard of that. Two thousand something. Yeah, I am sure that most of those werewolf transformations are CG. Yeah, I hate it. Exactly. I, I was it. just gonna say, like, yeah. and they they it just does not compare. There's something even when you see this werewolf transformation, you're like, Well, yeah, obviously that part's a puppet and obviously this part's prosthetics, like prosthetic makeup and whatever. It still just looks so much cooler. Right. And the fact that it's like a physical, tangible thing in the actual world mm-hmm. just makes it much more effective, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, it also I think when they do it practically it makes it feel more deliberate like you can't you can't yeah. just do it all in one cgi motion yeah, and there can't just be like one weird part where he looks like silly putty yeah. <laughs> like it has to yeah. be like all right if we're starting from this face with these features how do we get to this wolf face with mm-hmm. those features and like what are the steps in between yeah. yeah and it sells it that it's a painful thing that someone's going yeah through. You know, there's there's a tr- there's something that they do on star trek a lot that i always it always bugs me i mean i know it's the the trappings of television at that time and whatever <laughs> but 
they'll have these like horrible body transformations every now and then where it's like oh this episode they all got transformed into giant salamanders or uh (laughs) Or, you know, Cap- <laughs> Captain Picard gets tra- tra- turned into a Borg. Right. Everything you've seen about the Borg says that is not a pleasant experience. Right. It's like, let's rip out your organs and put in machine parts. Yeah. And then at the end of the episode, they're just back to normal and they're fine again. And yeah. it's like, I understand. It's a TV. You can't do... Sure, I mean, sure. now you could. Limit, limited time, limited budget. Yeah, back then Move you can't do four episodes of Captain Picard... <laughs> Screaming. Yeah, getting back, getting the shit <laughs> taken out of him, but... Um, it always bums me. It always bothers me because those things are those kinds of changes should be painful and they should yes. be presented as such. And when you have these uh, practical werewolf effects, that comes across like especially in this movie. Yeah, that this is a very painful process that is not just something that you know you snap your fingers and you got pointy ears. You know, it's not. Right. It's not Lon Chaney. Laying in the moonlight, his, his face just very, very uh, uh, gracefully turns into a, a very quaffed werewolf. Yes, yeah, and even the fact that like when he starts to transform, his hands like like when his hands stretch out, mm-hmm. he looks at it. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like he he's like watching this. He's feeling it, but he's also watching it happen to himself, mm-hmm. which is like extra horrifying. And I feel like the CG transformations because they're they tend to be so quick and so smooth you don't get that moment of like horror at like what your own body is doing yeah which is like the scariest part of the werewolf thing yeah so yeah i mean i i just i don't know how you top the the werewolf transformation in this yeah you just it's and just in general i think that's what practical effects bring to the table um when it comes to these things is like you were saying, it's it's a lot more tangible thing. Yeah. Like, especially if you're doing some sort of like body horror type stuff. Oh yeah. Like the, the like there's a reason why the the remake they did of the thing didn't really work with CGI monsters. It's because like well, yeah. you don't have that visceral connection to something that you know is actually on screen. Yeah. Growing out of you or whatever. You well, know? that's what I was gonna say. I think our our brains are way better than we sometimes give them credit for at picking out what's not quite real or not quite right. In, a, in an image mm-hmm. um and so i think there's there's a level of disassociation that you can have as an audience member because your brain even if you're not consciously thinking oh that's just fake computer imaging your your brain is going to kind of recognize that for you right yeah. and so it's easier to 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 separate it from the real world from real life whereas yeah, practical yeah. effects are physically present they are they are on the person or you know they're in that scene in that room when they were filming so it tricks your brain into feeling like this is real yeah it's so interesting to me too how like even the worst practical special effects from the 80s because there was a huge boom every horror movie had to be have some sort of monster like practical monster dripping with goo or some sort of (laughs) transformation thing yeah some of them are just look terrible. Like right, so they're just right, bad, sure, yeah. you know, cuz budgetary reasons or whatever, you, they don't they don't stand up. But I would take a crappy-looking practical monster effect yeah. over a crappy-looking CGI monster effect yes. every single time. Yes. Yeah, because there's something about bad like <laughs> these days there's there's some CGI that's like outstanding and sure, you can't yeah. you can't tell anymore mm-hmm. in in some cases. But bad CGI is so 
it's not only laughable, but it's also jarring. It just, it yeah. just, it just kind of snaps you out of the the mental state that a good movie is going to put you in. Yeah, definitely. And like bad practical effects, you can kind of be like, oh, really? Mm. That's it. That's the that sucks. Well, it's, but think, it's like you you're still in the world. I don't right. Know. I think I think to a certain extent, even if it looks terrible, there's a part of your brain that's still going well. That's just what it looks like. Yeah, it's a it's a thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Like it's an actual right. thing. Yeah, that there's these there's a, are that guy that, is know? running around with that face. Yeah, so that's what he looks like. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, does Baby Yoda become the craze that he is if he was just a CGI pup instead of just being a puppet? Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, he is adorable, so probably yes. But Grogu, uh, Grogu. <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to talk about Jack a little bit because uh, I do think that he is the best part of the movie. Absolutely. Um, his stuff is really interesting. His makeup work is great. Um, I also found him, like, I, I remember the first time I watched this movie being genuinely surprised that he comes back. Yeah. Like, I, th- I thought it was like, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, right. I thought we were going for the sort of more typical werewolf movie that we were talking about where it's like okay now now the countdown before the transformation starts and that's what that's what we're just gonna have we're gonna mm-hmm. have him mm-hmm. you know maybe feeling kind of weird in the night yeah <laughs> you know having some strange dreams or whatever but like then it's gonna be as we get close to the full moon he's gonna start having like night sweats and right you know, right you know weird shit and instead pretty quickly we've got jack just being like oh hey Hi, I'm here. Yeah. And he's he's the way that that he plays it is so great to me because he is he's still David's friend and he's still talking yes. to him like a friend, but yes. he is still also very pissed off about his current situation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like he's like you need to kill yourself, which yeah. is just like I know this movie is a comedy, but if you think about it like Imagine feeling guilt because, like, your friend died and you didn't, and now you start having visions of that same friend who right. is like, you should die. I want right. you to kill yourself. Like, that's got to mess with you. That's got to really fuck with your head. Oh, definitely. And yeah. that's that's why I was thinking that. Was like, I was On this view, I was like, is that what they're going for here? Is this supposed to be, like, the literalization of whatever eh. guilt he feels? But I don't think that runs through the rest of him i i think you could probably make the argument for that interpretation i wouldn't i wouldn't throw it out the window entirely i just prefer not to i think this movie is too silly for that yeah that's the thing big overarching yeah i don't think emotional message i don't think that through line hangs together right when we get to the slapstick car like domino rally towards the end yeah or or even just the stuff with the the girlfriend and yeah yeah him him, he's not really thinking about anything yeah you know it's just him hanging around in a hotel in an apartment for a while yeah by the way her complaining about her her salary and then like Greg and I were watching this movie Mm -hmm. and Greg lived in London for a few months. And so he was like, I'm pretty sure that's Kensington, Mm -hmm. which is like a fancy fucking neighborhood. Oh, really? It is high end. (laughs) Like it is. So for her in in that apartment for, for any neighborhood in, in like London, Mm -hmm. it's a big apartment. Yeah. It was a solid apartment. It's a big apartment. 
And it was, we were just like, there's no fucking way. It's like, she inherited that. She's got family money. Like, what, whatever the explanation is. But her her whining about her low salary was just like, not in that apartment and you're not. Yeah. What was, uh, I think, was it single white female we were watching last year in our p- pandemic movie watch where... Uh, I might have missed that one. Oh, she, Oh, no. Wait. Yes. No, wait. We did see it. We did see it. And she had... She's a, got like a gigantic apartment yes. in like Soho or something. Yes. She breaks up with the boyfriend and then moves into her own place in this kind of what's supposed to look like a dilapidated building. Yeah. But she's in an apartment with like 20 foot ceilings. And, and whatever and her like job was. Floor to ceiling windows. And yeah. her job is like painter architect. Yes. Some, something that like... <laughs> ballerina sculptor any error error she's pulling in what it costed for a place like that but i mean that's what's fun about movies yeah yeah but uh, anyway anyway so her her apartment was very like really yeah how did you feel about her as a character you know i was not a fan i'm not i'm uh, it's tough because i feel like in the i like this movie and then i talk about how i don't like any of the characters (laughs) um i like jack jack's great jack's great Um, and like, I actually don't mind the doctor, like the doctor as a character. I'm like, he, he fills the purpose of that, that trope, that stereotype. Alex is funny because. Even there though. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sure. It could have been Alex that does the researching about the werewolf. You know, if he, if David's being like, yeah, I think I'm a werewolf. And she's like, that's silly, but I'm going to go check (laughs) check this out. Yeah, but just in case I'm going to take a quick drive. Or. If he's like, yeah, I'm a werewolf, but it's not really getting to me. And she goes and does the research and she's like, you should be taking this seriously. Right. <laughs> you might be a werewolf. Yeah. I, I, it's funny because like whenever Alex is in the hospital as a nurse, I'm sort of like, oh, look, at, look, at, you know, she's, she's being a nurse. She's doing her thing. Mm-hmm. And then the minute she's at home, I'm just like why have you let this guy into your house right this guy might be insane this guy seems like he probably is insane mm-hmm. he keeps telling you that his dead friend is visiting him and he thinks he's a werewolf you met him three days ago when he got out of a three-week coma he's from another country mm-hmm. like nobody here can vouch for him what's the what's the thing she keeps saying to him that she's very oh, attracted to him but oh, he's very sad yes yeah and she's like keeps talking about how she's like i don't know whether to feel very bad for you right now or to find you extremely attractive right it's just yeah. like okay so you're into men with like problems and potentially low self-esteem clearly yes. like it's just so weird it's yeah. such a it's such a weird collection of of opinions to try to shape into a character yeah which is like which is fine like i don't i think that that character if that's what her character is is fine she just makes bad decisions yeah um but i kind of wish the thing that the thing that i feel is the most ham-fisted into this is the uh the the i love you aspect Yes, where it's it's kind of paying it would be kind of great if he said it and she went whoa 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 yeah exactly or or vice versa where she's like I love you and he's yeah. like lady we just yeah uh, I mean you're great that's and everything, nice but, thank you yeah. so much um it, it I guess it's kind of paying off the thing that they set up earlier when they're talking about the Wolfman where uh, oh, he says okay. like I think a werewolf can only be killed by the person who lo- who loves him or something like that oh. Yeah, they, they when they're talking about the movie, they mention that. So when the love thing comes up later, and then she's like, at the end, she's talking to the werewolf, and she's like, "I love you, David." And then, I don't know. But, okay, I mean, sure. Which is, I assume, 
why he jumps at her so they'll shoot him so he dies so he doesn't hurt anybody i don't know but yeah um, or he does it because he's a wolf and he doesn't know what he's doing or that yeah yeah um <laughs> i i actually i have a question about sure. um uh, it's kind of a twofold question mm-hmm. the first part would be <laughs> do you like the way this movie does or maybe i should say does not handle traditional werewolf lore um i don't have an issue with it um (laughs) meredith seemed to have a big issue (laughs) i think she was like where are the silver bullets yeah why didn't they just use a silver bullet i thought that this could happen this way but and it's like okay i mean yes in that movie sure no but i I didn't blame her for asking the questions because like like i think we've talked about with like vampire movies we kind of the, these these quote unquote rules around these monsters are mm-hmm. so ingrained in like the zeitgeist that it's just like yeah you have to ask these questions yeah like you yeah. have to you, you it's kind of hard not to ask the questions i do appreciate though that this movie does not try to go deeply into explaining some of them away yes like it doesn't yeah. start to be like well you know people think you need a silver bullet to kill a werewolf but in reality it's blah 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 like yeah i'm glad it doesn't divert too far into that yeah well they they make they show you right off the bat you can yeah. just shoot them yeah you can just shoot this yeah, guy it's just i mean it's not i mean i guess it's magic to a certain extent but it's not the kind of magic right. that requires a silver bullet to kill them it's like just they're just another animal that you can shoot right uh but i do want to ask so when a werewolf kills somebody mm-hmm. they don't die they die, but they don't. Their spirit doesn't die. They become undead. They're in this sure, yep. this limbo realm that uh, I didn't know if you were talking about this movie or in real life. No. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, in real life, yep. many mm-hmm. werewolves have killed many people, and they don't die. Um. No. Well, so 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 Jack describes. I'm not living, but I'm not dead. I can't rest. Mm-hmm. I'm trapped. This is agony. Like this isn't. This is horrible. You need to die and set set me free. Mm-hmm. And then there's all these other people that he's killed. So my question is, does every werewolf just collect like ghosts that then follow them around? I I guess. Right? Yeah. So then like the the previous werewolf to David was he being haunted by all the people he killed? Because it seems like a very much like, this is how the system works, David. Yeah, like, I mean, it's very We're possible. stuck here until you die, so can you just kill yourself already so we can move on? Yeah, I, I mean, I would have to assume so, unless unless the visions of the people he killed are just, in, are just visions. Right, right, they're just in his head. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's funny because I don't necessarily want this movie to try to explain any of this. Right? Yeah, I would prefer it didn't. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. I don't. I don't trust most. You movies. don't want to see the prequel movie about oh the God. first werewolf oh and all God. of the people, the ghosts that follow him around. <laughs> Only if it's a comedy, just like a straight up comedy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, but I just I had I had to ask what you thought, or you know if you thought that did play into this like mm. potential it's just his his I yeah I think brain. it could go, could go either way yeah. I, I I think what I like about this in, in that sense is since it's not since since right off the bat they kind of show you that they're playing by their own rules yeah it takes away any 
hey, wait a minute, that's not how it works. Right, 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 right. Um, so so you can, you know, however it works is however it works. It's yeah, however the, they say it works is how exactly. it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Think it, I think it's actually John Landis who, I, I, in some other interview or something, uh, he, he was like, I asked my son once, I may have mentioned this before, I asked my son, how do you kill a vampire? And he said, well, with a stake through the heart. And I said, no, however the fuck you want. They don't exist. Right. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> and I think... It, what's funny, actually, about the werewolf thing is that um, the the things that you mentioned, the traditional, quote unquote, ways of, of killing a werewolf with a yeah. uh, silver bullet and stuff. Yeah. The silver bullet, the full moon, all of that stuff yeah. originates from the Wolfman movie. It did not exist before that. Right. And that was all written for that movie. And much like George Romero's version of Zombies uh-huh. 20 years later, that just became the template. So right, after right. after that movie, it, it was convincing enough in the movie that it's like, oh no! What happens is if you get bit by a werewolf, you turn into a werewolf. Yes. Um, when the full moon <laughs> comes out, and the only way you can kill a werewolf is a silver bullet. Everybody knows that it's been that way for hundreds of years. Right. Um, yeah, also funny. Twenty years. <laughs> also interestingly enough, um, in the first one, this is nerd corner. Um, in Clay's the, nerd corner. In the first Wolfman movie, they don't mention uh, the full moon at all. Oh, interesting! It's a, it's a later edition. The, huh. the the, uh, the the rhyme that the gypsy says is uh, even a man who is pure of heart and says his prayers at night may become a wolf when the wolfbane blooms and the autumn moon is bright. They change it in a later movie mm. to the to and the moon is full and bright. So they added that later. And interesting. That then slipped in and became part of the lore is that full moon, hmm. silver bullet. Uh, which is why I think in the first Wolfman movie he changes like kind of indiscriminately when, yeah. it, when it just becomes nighttime. <laughs> um, nerd corner over for now. Thanks, Clay. So there's another scene in this movie that um, might not stand out to just anybody, but a friend of ours, Meredith, who is watching this with us, <laughs> uh, it very much stood out to her. And uh, yes. I, I, I told her it, it's the scene where David has uh, he's naked. He stole in a jacket and I was waiting in line at the bus. <laughs> a beautiful, like, crazy, wasn't it like bright red or something? Yes, it's yeah. a bright wet red uh, woman's jacket. Yes. And uh, Meredith, and they do this this pan past the feet of everybody else in the in line, revealing his, you know, bare feet. As the British would say, in the queue. In the queue, yes. yes. And uh, Meredith said, I could, I, could t- I could write a lot about all of those characters based just <laughs> on those shoes. And I said, well, if you do... I'll read it on the show. And she she actually did. She did. <laughs> so um, I want to get into some of her thoughts about this scene. Uh, she says the the epic early 80s styling is one thing, <laughs> but also each set of shoes seems to act as a one-act play, a little story within a story. And these are her thoughts. She says, uh, I, wa- I, I wanted to... <laughs> I, I could talk about each sh- uh, set of shoes for five minutes, uh, but here's a taste of my thoughts on each. Oh boy. We have first we have two sets of shoes, classic black head or calf to toe look on both. Maybe some goth folks or just people <laughs> rocking the unofficial <laughs> New York City uniform in London. Goth folks. <laughs> but we have one set of shoes facing forward and another pair quite close but perpendicular. One person is looking at the other <laughs> from an uncomfortably close distance. I imagine they're in a fight and the person facing forward is giving the silent treatment to the other. The facing forward shoes look like women's shoes, but maybe so do the other ones. 
Maybe we have the progressive for 1981 inclusion of a same-sex couple. <laughs> or maybe the perpendicular person is just telling a secret to the forward-facing shoes. Like, look at the mostly naked guy up at the front of the line. I bet he's, I bet he's a werewolf who says I love you too quickly. <clears throat> the next two people. Oh, my uh, God. Person one seems prepared for the London weather with a trench and umbrella. And the shoes are nothing to write home about. But those wide-legged pinstripe pants and casual, <laughs> not-quite-man-spreading stance really give me the vibe of a guy who thinks he's the boss of the bus line, mm. kind of like a 1981 Troy McClure. <laughs> Red shoes. Oh, man. She's a little put off by the guy behind her, feet together and purposefully pointed away from him. She doesn't want to talk. She doesn't want small talk and doesn't want to hear about the cool swingers party he went to last weekend. <laughs> I don't blame her. But she's also not totally closed off to it, or she'd be facing all the way forward. Maybe he started a conversation, and, he, and she's trying to politely extricate herself from. Or maybe she's just a little interested and wants to see where this goes. Her little red, almost cowboy shoes are drowning in the billows of jean fabric that had to be cuffed <laughs> since they're clearly made for someone twice her size and height. Yep. The shoes look uncomfortable and really wide in the heels. And that's from someone who regularly wears heels and wedges. I really could go on forever about these shoes. <laughs> okay. Ooh, I like these ones. Yes, the final, the final grouping. Okay, each of these is like each of these is like the more put together version of the people standing behind them. Maroon, not fire engine red boots with jeans that fit mostly. <laughs> Here's our real no nonsense person in line. I know she has resting bitch face, <laughs> and I identify with her most deeply. Yeah, those look those look like Meredith shoes. I could see her I, wearing those. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I would be surprised if she didn't go out and buy those after she watched those. <laughs> Got to keep up with that 1981 London <laughs> yes. style. You never know when you'll be in a bus queue behind a werewolf who says I love you too quickly. Yes. <laughs> Happens more than you'd think. <laughs> Next is boring business guy. Blue suit pants, brown leather shoes, classic and boring. What's the London equivalent of Wall Street? He's making deals, reading the paper in line because there's no time to waste given his important job. He's in the city of London. <laughs> he's probably having an affair too, but he's talking. To, he's taking the bus, so business can't be that good, right? He's probably having an affair too. I love. I love that aside thrown in. Is there is there any description of why? No, it's just no. it's just great storytelling. Yeah, is what she's picking up. Yeah, on. she just really caught the vibe from these shoes. Uh, and here's a reveal of what a couple of our feet are attached to. David in line, business guy behind him, as boring as I expected, <laughs> and resting bitch face with the maroon boots. I was right about the resting bitch face. <laughs> she was. <laughs> if only we could keep going and see all the feet in front of David in line, even if Clay is the only one to read this silently in his own head, it was worth it. Well, wow. now everyone has heard it. Yes. And I look forward to more insights on the fashion of these movies oh from God. Meredith if she wants <laughs> to write Shoe correspondent <laughs> Meredith. <laughs> Thank you, Meredith. Thank you, Meredith. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is there anything else? That I want? Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, I don't think so. I do have a note that the man who gets killed in the subway is extremely unathletic. Yes, yes. He's a very <laughs> long, lanky man. Yes. Uh, who just drops, just smashes right onto that uh, escalator. I mean, he barely runs. Yeah. He, he like, jogs a little bit. Like a baby deer. Yeah. 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 And then he an face plants onto an escalator, and then he gets eaten. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... 
to kind of wrap up my thoughts on this, I said I was going to uh, did this past the, the, the three time test. New favorite movie? <sighs> I don't think so. <laughs> it just That's okay. It does. It's 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 strange to me because like there's a lot of stuff in it I do really like. Yeah. But I don't particularly like the movie, if that makes sense. You know, it 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 does. I definitely feel like I've run across a couple movies like that on this list mm-hmm. where it's like this has got all the things. This is this should hit hit all tick all the boxes for me yeah. and instead it's just kind of like meh. I give it a ton of credit for being like a technical achievement yes um it's it is very much like this is the vision of this is a john landis vision like this is not the it's not a studio movie he made the movie he wrote and made the movie he wanted to make and i give a ton of credit for that yeah like this kind of tone weirdness you're is very rare you're not going to get this very often but yeah i don't know it just doesn't it just doesn't really land with me i very i think very close to each other saw American Werewolf in London and The Howling. Okay. And I was actually thinking about putting my finger on the scale mm. to do The Howling mm. on our next show until I found out The Howling is not on our list, which I'm very upset about. Is that a new development? Do we know that? I could have sworn it was on the list unless I, I didn't unless I didn't do the control F correctly, but I mean, I I trust that you're capable of using a computer. Let's do it right now. So oh, okay. F, the Howling. Zero, zero. Yeah, it does not seem to be on the list anywhere. What if it's just Howling? <laughs> howling. Take out the... <laughs> if it's just Howling, let it outside. Huh? Nope. We got a movie with Ben Howling. Oh, okay. But not the Howling movie. Interesting. Because yeah. I could have I sworn that we'd even had a conversation at one point where it was on the list and you were like, oh, have you seen this? And I was like, no, I've seen it. Yeah, Marvel I feel London. like it and might have like, gotten bumped or something. Uh, but anyway, dun, dun, dun. the point of that was I have always preferred The Howling. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I liked I liked the transformation scene better. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, the, the thing that always, the thing I... The thing I like about the Howling transformation that this one doesn't have is it does a lot of the same practical, like, mechanical effects. Okay. But it's on someone who's moving. And it's because this one is very locked in. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's on the ground. He's very locked in one position. It's still awesome. Right. But in the Howling, you've got someone who's, like, it's like he's turning into the Hulk or something. So, like, he's bursting out through his shirt and, like. You know, it's it's kind of it's it's Is really he kind of cool. like like smashing around the room or something. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the howling is huh. equally as weird as this. Wow, but in like okay. a different kind of way. Okay. There's there's a really interesting through line of both of these movies where like the sleaziness of the late seventies shows plays a big part. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Howling is also fairly uh, tongue in cheek about the movie that it's making. I don't know why werewolf movies in particular are so meta. At least in this era, maybe it's because yeah. they are kind of, I mean, they're kind of silly, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do think there's there's something where it's like, it's easier to make one of these movies if you're not being sincere. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's a lot harder to do a werewolf movie in a serious tone and mm-hmm. have it still be like exciting and entertaining and not just like goofy, but not intentionally goofy. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. And the uh, the fun, if I remember this correctly, the fun uh, trivia about the howling as it relates to this movie is um, 
Rick Baker was supposed to do the howling, but he did this instead, or he got offered the howling after he already signed on to do this. Okay. So he had his apprentice do the howling. Mm. His apprentice is Rob Bottin. Oh. The guy who did uh, The Thing. Yes, our RBFF. Total Recall. and <laughs> Yeah. Um, so it's kind of fun having a master and apprentice dueling transformations thing. Wow. Um, yeah, and it's 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 a Joe Dante movie. It's got a, well, we'll watch it eventually. But yeah. I've yeah, I've we'll always preferred we'll The there. Howling. I still think I prefer The Howling. Um, okay. But we'll we'll co- we'll cover that when we. Do get Do you to think it. you would have liked this movie more if you had not seen The Howling? Oh, I don't know. Just curious. Just curious if you feel like like. It sounds like it's tough to not compare the two. Yeah, it's very difficult to not yeah. compare the two. So if you've it, already seen the other one and have a preference for the other one, yeah, I can see how that would maybe dampen yeah. your opinion of this I one. think I can't remember which one I saw first. Okay. I think I might have seen The Howling first, but I can't 100% it, Yeah, it's remember. not, not yeah. remarkable enough that you're like, aha, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the only other thing to mention is the music. We mentioned the the uh, yeah. uh, Blue Moon and all the other moon based songs. But <laughs> it's the so goofy. The score is done by Elmer Bernstein, who did Ghostbusters and uh, Airplane and some other John Landis movies. He did The Magnificent Seven. Very oh. very famous um, con- uh, composer, film composer, who kind of had like a second renaissance in his career doing like comedies and stuff huh. in the in the eighties. Nice. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, yeah. This is this is number. What did I say? One thirty-one on the list. Thirty something. One thirty-one. One thirty-one. One thirty-one. How do you feel about that placement on the list? Would you move it up? Would you move it down? Would you take it off? I mean, I I would I would. It's tough because, like I was saying, I'm not exactly a connoisseur of werewolf movies. Mm-hmm. Um. So I. I think the transformation does a lot of heavy lifting sure. of getting this movie on the top 200 horror movies of all time list. Mm-hmm. Because as much as I enjoy this movie, whenever whenever I see it, I can't help but giggle. It's a good time. I don't know if I would say it's one of the 200 best horror movies, period. Sure, sure. But I would definitely say that that monster transformation earns it some sort of spot i'd probably put it closer to 200 than it is yeah i think i would i i can though i don't particularly i don't think i love it um i can recognize the impact that it had and how, yeah. how it, it is it is a solid movie yeah um but yeah i don't think i would i think i would probably drop it down maybe like the 150s or something like yeah. that. yeah yeah i think that feels that feels reasonable to me um. So yeah, that's gonna do it for American Werewolf. I hit the yeah. randomizer button. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, 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 boop. And um, interestingly enough, we just did Jennifer's Body. Yes. Next week we will be doing The Invitation, which <gasps> is number one hundred and sixteen, and directed by Karen Kusama, who directed oh, Jennifer's Body. So I'm so excited! I yeah. haven't had a chance to watch this yet. Oh man, I'm really looking forward to Ooh. watching this because it's one of the I. I can't remember if if someone recommended it to me. Or if I'm remembering recommending it to somebody else, but it was one of those movies <laughs> where 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 it was like you got to watch this. Just just wa- don't look at anything. Right. Up, just watch it. Right. Like, let it let it go. Yeah. And by the end, I was like, who can I tell about this movie? <laughs> so I'm very excited to watch that. Yeah. Uh, but thank you, thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can do that on Patreon. You can go to the Patreon.com/slash/The Penske File. 
where you can sign up for that. And you can, uh, we're actually, every month we're doing, we're covering the Friday the 13th movies. We, this is a month of August, I think, still when this comes out. So we will hmm. be doing we, uh, Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan has just come out, which is the finale of the original Paramount movies. We're getting to the weird ones next for the rest of the year. <laughs> and just for all of you who have not been listening to those episodes, I can't believe that Clay just said we're getting into the weird ones, not <laughs> that we've already gotten well, to the weird ones. Well, so. we, we, we have. We have gotten into the weird <laughs> ones, but the, 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 the next few are just sort of like whatever they can throw at the wall. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's, a, it's been a wild ride. Yeah, not that the first eight were like carefully <laughs> planned out chapters of a of a epic or anything. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you, Amanda, for joining me. Thank you, Clay. And we will see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.